0: This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 260. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, my name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com. I am your host and this is the Colored Pencil Podcast. I'm so glad you're listening. So I appreciate all of the voice messages that have been coming in very, very much. So if you still would like to send me a voice message, that would be awesome. The reason why I'm talking about this, if this is the first time you're hearing it, I'm asking you guys to send me voice messages and I'm gonna walk through exactly how you can do that. But just send me a voice message you can include your name or you can just remain anonymous if you want to do it that way. That's perfectly fine. But what you'll do is just go over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And over on the right-hand side, you'll see a little tab. And it says, send voice message. It's got a little microphone on it. You just click on that. It'll pop up a little window and you can record right there. It'll give you the ability to cancel it, erase it, re-record it, whatever. And just record a question for me, anything at all, related to colored pencil and art. So we've got quite a few already gathered together. I'm going to air these. I'll play the audio question and then I'll answer the question right here on the show. Should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to this longer show uh, and I would really appreciate some very deep questions if you've got them or even light and maybe humorous questions also. So anything uh, at all, I I just, I would love to have a variety. So that'd be great. And uh, we've got a few in, so I just want to say A big thank you to those of you who have already uh, submitted questions. That's awesome. All right, so let's get on with the show today. You may have noticed from the title, I'm going to be talking about some colored pencil skills that just can't be taught. Now, I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek with that particular title because um, the things I'm going to talk about, some of these things, they actually can be taught. But the desire and the motivation to acquire the skill often is something that is only found within you. It's something that a teacher or a coach, an art mentor can help you with. They can direct you down that path. But sometimes we have to open up our arms, reach out and grab that very thing. And we have to embrace the idea uh, ourselves. And so Often what may happen is a light bulb moment can go off and, you know, a teacher can help direct you a little bit. But then if you hear it from enough different people or you apply it in certain ways or you hear it enough times, a repetitive uh, just, you know, hearing it over and over, then sometimes those light bulb moments can happen for you. I know that's exactly what has happened for me in the past, uh, still continues to with anything that I learned today. All right, so let's go ahead and get started here. The the first one, I think, is one of the biggest ones. It's one of the things that really um, is something that trips people up many times when they come to the medium of colored pencil, and that is pencil pressure. The importance of pencil pencil pressure is a very big one. The importance of layering, the ability to uh, use pencils to layer, and the pencil pressure Matters a whole lot, but teaching someone the exact pencil pressure they should use is a very individual experience. And so I've, I've seen teachers uh, try to get around this problem with coming out with uh, these charts that are uh, labeled in this crosstab kind of label. You know, you've got this huge Excel spreadsheet where you've got uh, pencil pressure one all the way to a 10 or even beyond that. And then you've got uh, descriptions light as a feather or just whispering on the paper or as soft as, uh, you know. Barely touching your cheek with the paper, that kind of thing, and all the way to vertical, holding the pencil very vertically and pressing very hard by uh, you know, holding the pencil right up there near the tip of the pencil and uh, not leaving any white of the paper whenever you press down on the pencil uh, is an example. I mean, there there's there's all kinds of little things that, uh, little tips and tricks and charts and uh, talking about normal pencil pressure would be whenever you're using an, a normal writing instrument and you're like signing your name, um, you know, <laughs> the, the list can go on and on. And I've used some of these. I mean, using the far, the opposite end of the point of the pencil, you know, the opposite end of the pencil to hold it and then just letting the pencil itself apply to the paper without any pressure coming from your hand, the pencil weight itself being applied to the pencil, that's soft pressure. I mean, there's the list can go on and on. There's so many different ways of trying to get at this problem of teaching a new colored pencil student how to understand pencil pressure. The bottom line is this. It doesn't matter what I say and how many ways I say it, Although I'm going to do that, (laughs) whether in person or online, if I'm teaching online, I I talk a lot about this, but the bottom line is you've got to experience it. You have got to get the pencil in your hand, apply it to paper and figure out what works for you, figure out what soft pressure is, because once you feel it, once you experience it, then you, uh, you know, you start to understand it. It kind of reminds me of uh, my third grade, I think it was third grade, my second or third grade picture uh, in school. You know, once a year they would take your picture and um, you're thinking, what does this have to do with colored pencil art? Uh, Bear with me. (laughs) Okay, third grade, second or third grade, I went down there to take my picture and I thought, man, I got the best smile ever today. I, I know how to just rock this smile. And, uh, boy, I, I sat up there and, and did my little smile. And I remember the photographer saying, is, is that the way you want to smile? Something like that. You know, you, you sure, you sure about that? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. You know, I nodded my head and I was smiling. They took the picture and, um, uh, you know, months later, that's the way it used to be. Uh, you got your school pictures back and I looked at it and, <laughs> That was the funniest look I think I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, it was these pursed lips, you know, where it was the most fake looking smile I I think I could ever do in my life. And um, and so, you know, lips tightly pursed together, uh, big old, um, you know, dimples at the, the edges there where my um, the edges of my mouth, it was just it was awful looking. And, uh, you know, I looked I would look back at it and just kind of cackle at it at how funny it looked. So what would have helped? Well, maybe looking in the mirror and thinking about uh, what those muscles felt like around my mouth when I made that smile, what it looked like in the mirror when, uh, you know, I felt that certain way uh, when I was smiling. That would have helped. So some practice, right? And thinking about uh, what something is doing when applied. So creating the smile and then measuring the result, looking at the result in the mirror and saying, what's that look like? <laughs> is that accomplishing what I want it to accomplish? So same thing I think is true, if you'll pardon the crude example, when we're applying pencil pressure, when we're applying the colored pencil to the paper, if we think about the fact that, okay, this feels like light pressure, let's, let's see what this does. Maybe I'm on Stonehenge paper and I put, you know, a little swatch together of um, light pressure a blue, you know, a, a light pressure of blue pencil, and then I take a red pencil, and I have to add uh, a layer of the red on top of that blue. Well, I have to press a little bit harder, right? And then maybe I take a green one after that, and I have to add another layer, and so I have to press a little bit harder in order for it to go down evenly, and I'm creating this solid color that builds on top of each, uh, on all of these layers, these subsequent layers, and the more that I lay down, the more pressure I have to apply. Well, at some point, I'm going to figure out that light pressure is very, very different from something that is three or four or five layers in, right? No one can really give you an exact formulaic answer to that. So my encouragement, stop looking for that formulaic answer to that and figure out what light, medium, and hard pencil pressure is to you, okay? That is my biggest advice on that. That skill can just not be taught. All right, next, color matching or color theory, if you like. So what am I talking about? The ability to see a color and to understand then what the local color is, how to create that local color, maybe out of five or 12 pencils in, you know, a small set. And, uh, you know, that is a skill to be able to do that. So, look at a color that is not an obvious primary or even secondary color, but look at that color and say, okay, where would this belong on any kind of scale? Where would I, you know, where would I place this? Is this uh, in the red range? Is it in the, you know, the pinks? Is it, is it some kind of blue? Is it some kind of orange? Classify it somehow and then figure out from there, then what pencils over here out of the sets of pencils I have. What pencil combination could I use to be able to create that particular hue? Now, that's going to vary from uh, pencil set to pencil set, and there are more than one ways to create the same color, but the ability to do that is a skill that is worth figuring out and worth acquiring. Why? Why does it matter? Can't I just use an app, John? Why can't I use just one of these uh, apps that is supposed to tell me the exact color pencil to use and the combination of two or three pencils together to create that color that I see? I can just hover my camera from my cell phone over the reference and it will look at that color and then it'll tell me exactly which color pencils to use and in which sets... Um, you know, if it's Polychromos or Luminance or or went light fast or whatever it is, it'll tell me Prismacolor Premier. It'll tell me the exact color pencil colors to select out of those sets. Why not just do that? Yeah, believe it or not, there are apps that will do that. Um, here's why: because you're not learning anything by doing that. You you are using a shortcut method and you're creating a handicap for yourself, okay? Don't use a handicap space if you're not handicapped. Don't use something if you don't have to. So it, it can actually take away your ability, and for me, it would take away a lot of the enjoyment that I have in creating my own colors, but it, it's taking away the ability that you have to be able to see something. So what are you going to do? If, uh, I don't know, your phone dies and uh, you've got to buy another phone or the battery just goes kapooey and you got to charge it up or something. I don't know. I, you know, fill in the blank, but um, don't rely on a crutch. You know, don't rely on something that takes away part of your enjoyment. Why don't you get someone else to do your line drawing for you? Why don't you get someone else to even, uh, you know, create your drawing for you? Um, you can come in and sign it when you're done. You know, I'm being, I'm being very, very facetious here, but I'm not going to be using one of those. And, uh, I hope that you can see how that it's actually not going to help you. It's going to create more of a problem for you. I think that's very closely akin to to having somebody just trace everything all the time, every tiny, tiny, tiny little detail on uh, your reference, and then you just fill in the color. I mean, it's very, very closely aligned to that. So uh, if that's something that you know you enjoy doing is just uh, being a colorist, and that's fine, but are you actually going to have more enjoyment if you start at least doing a little bit of the free handing yourself? Well, most of the time, yes. Most of the time you are going to enjoy that quite a bit. So I always push students to go in that direction. You know, you don't have to start there, but at least go in that direction and find out if it's something that you enjoy. So is tracing all the time going to help you or hurt you? You know, only you can answer that. Color matching, understanding color, being able to, Figure out what a color, what colors are, classifying colors, and figuring out which colors you need to at least test with. That's a skill that you have to decide you're going to learn. And my rule of thumb on that is usually look, you know, within you know a few degrees of separation, and look for some of the at least figure out what the opposite color is. What is a complement to whatever it is you're drawing? Uh, But beyond that, look for three or four, maybe five at the most colors that would uh, suit you in this particular area. Say you're trying to create a a particular green. A fun exercise is to try to combine yellows and blues together to create that green. Okay, And then if you're going to be able to do that, you've then just uh, taught yourself a lot about color mixing. Okay, let's move along angles and shapes. That's another thing that, uh, you know, no amount of just reading about it or uh, thinking about it or hearing a teacher's explanation about it is going to actually help you to acquire the skill. So you have to apply it. And one of the best ways to do that, I believe, is looking at uh, certain angles and shapes within a negative space. So not looking at the object itself, but looking at the distance between the object and the edge of the paper or between the object and the next object on the paper or the reference. And then being able to uh, replicate what you're seeing as best as you can. Freehand something or, you know, simple shapes Like the shapes that I teach in the uh, portrait prep drawing course, where we're taking squares, circles, uh, triangles, and we're just putting down simple, very, very simple shapes. And then we're measuring those shapes to see how accurate we were whenever we first sketched them down on paper. In that way, you are training your eye. And you're training yourself to look at it, to think critically about the marks that you make down, that you put down. So if you make a line, a vertical line, and then a horizontal line, and you eyeball it, and you wonder if it's accurate, then if you take the ruler and you measure it, you'll know whether it's accurate or not. And you might be short in one area, so you add to it, you look at that, and then you replicate that again by hand uh, you know, drawing it by hand coordination, just by viewing it, and you're measuring the result. You're making modifications to uh, the way that you draw, and in that way, you are training yourself on how to freehand, and you're training yourself on how to see intervals and shapes and distances. You're training yourself on angles. There's there's really no other way to do it other than having a system in place where you are understanding what it is you're putting down. So no amount of thinking about it or uh, reading about it is going to help you. What actually helps you is doing it, putting in the reps and actually doing it. That's something you've got to do for yourself. Okay, now, if, (laughs) if you have listen to me so far uh, you've heard me uh, talk about some things that you actually can uh, be taught you actually can understand after you hear it explained and you uh, allow a teacher to talk about ways and and some techniques that are involved but so I am you know being a little tongue-in-cheek about that that, it's something that just can't be taught. You, you It can be taught and you kind of teach yourself though because you have to apply it. That's really what I'm saying. No one can apply it for you. You have to do that. Okay, so then my last and my final here. No one can teach you patience and discipline. No one can do that for you. You've got to do that for yourself. No one is actually going to inject you with the confidence uh injection and say okay now you can sit there for a while you know for several hours and create this drawing someone may tell you that (laughs) a teacher may encourage you to do that but you are the only one that can actually make that happen you have to sit there you have to be disciplined enough to just go through the process be patient with yourself trust the process And not become weary while doing it and just keep going. And realize that confidence begets confidence. Discipline begets discipline. Patience begets patience. If you stick with something long enough, it's going to work out. If you give up, then you're teaching yourself to give up. No teacher can teach you that. You discipline yourself to do that. Now, I'm always going to be over there uh, in your corner of the ring if you're my student, and I'm always going to be singing your praises, and I'm going to help you as much as possible. And I'm going to uh, talk to you about all the good things that you're accomplishing. And I'm hoping that by me doing that and by me being your biggest cheerleader, that you're also going to understand and realize that you do have the ability to make all of these great things happen. I think it goes back to the, the quote, I quote myself, on the bottom of my website, on probably every page, it says, You possess the ability to create exceptional art inside of you already. I'm just here to help you get there faster. All right, guys, that's it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. For the show notes, go over to com slash podcast. And again, while you're there, just click on send voicemail. If you would like to get your particular question featured on the show, I'll play the recording of your question and I'll answer it right here on the show. It's going to be a longer show when we do that. I'm looking forward to it. And thanks to all of you who have uh, already sent in questions. Really appreciate that. Reach out at any time. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com is the email address. This is a weekly show published every single Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I'll talk to you again next week. Until then, stay sharp.